And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. New Year, same old f***ing bears. We are not good. What? We are not good, chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. We need another Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you live on a Tuesday morning. Still grinding through some tape. It is ugly, but uh, ready to turn the page a little bit here. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Yeah. You seem like happy about that. No, I'm not. (laughs) Not as happy as Patrick Mahomes, apparently. (laughs) Yes, that was uh, an unfortunate lack of a comma. Yes, the importance of grammar. (laughs) Yeah. Comment, yeah, commas can be uh, important, and that was that was. I saw that tweet; it was pretty funny. Yes, uh, I love how he corrected himself. Yes, well, you needed to in that situation. Go Bears! Hate that, hate that man. <laughs> uh, okay, so what I learned from Week One: Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Bears' quarterback next year. <laughs> he left his durability in Green Bay. He's going to come back. Bears are going to move on, obviously. I mean, everybody on Monday is just done with Justin Fields, right? So move on. Bring in Rodgers. Go Bears. There you go. Yeah. It's done. Isn't there like a great irony in that? Like, like literally this week at Hallis Hall, we were talking about the back and forth that Jake Cutler and Mark Potash had years ago. Yes. Yes. Where... To give everybody a brief scene on this, uh, Mark Potash, our friend from the Chicago Sun-Times, essentially asked Jay Cutler one week, God, many years ago, if he was envious of the the health, the good run of health that Aaron Rodgers has had in his career. Because Jay Cutler had like everything. I think this was coming off like a groin injury in Washington. I, I'm I'm sure things are blending together. But then weeks later, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And there's a question about Rodgers coming up in the, during a, another press conference. And Jay Cutler stops mid-question, turns to Mark Potash and goes, I bet that surprised you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, but seriously, like the, the guy had a great run of health with the Packers, four snaps into his Jets career and, you know, has a serious Achilles tendon injury. I mean, if you are believing in things that go beyond football, the run that the Packers have had with their quarterbacks and then the bad luck that the Jets have had with their quarterbacks. And this is the second Hall of Fame quarterback to go from Green Bay to the Jets. It's it's a little weird. 
Yeah. It's a little weird to just have your Achilles pop on like the fourth snap. Everybody's blaming the turf again. It is new turf at MetLife Stadium, by the way. You know what else I was thinking about? It was like Corey Wooten. Remember Corey Wooten ended Brett Favre's career? Yep. With that that hit. Um, of course, Corey Wooten was with the Bears at that time. Um, but it was Leonard Floyd, former Bear. Mm-hmm. Former first-round pick for the Ryan Pace era with the, the sack on Aaron Rodgers. I, I noticed that that was... Uh... I mean, there's a, there's a possibility that that's it. That'd be a terrible way for that career to end, though, I have to say. Yes. That would be very unfortunate. Um, and quite frankly, as a football fan, I'm a little bummed. Because as much history as there is with Aaron Rodgers on this podcast and between the Bears and Packers, it was a fun story. Yeah. And and, and I, it, I hate to break it to everyone. I think the Jets are on primetime television five more times this season and now it's Zach Wilson did you see how Aaron Rodgers took the field with the American flag 9-11 all of that energy Uh he does his his little smoke dance with um, why am I blanking on his name Um, the cornerback first round pick what's his name Sauce Sauce Gardner and the energy was outstanding you saw that I'm like oh okay that's that's pretty damn awesome yeah you know? I, I saw going around on Twitter, uh, uh, someone had uh, Aaron Rodgers' full hot 2020 to 2023 season highlights, that. and it was just him running out on the field with the flag. Yeah. yeah. That was it. It, it, we don't mean to be laughing about this, but I I, I am getting a, a chuckle out of the, the irony of the great durability he had in Green Bay. He leaves, and this is what happens. I mean, it's, it's sad for the Jets. What a game, though. And to end it on a punt return touchdown. Let's go. Oh, gosh. I love that. That was fun. Special teams, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right. uh, Well, welcome in. We are live on YouTube on this Tuesday morning. And, of course, welcome to everybody listening to the podcast later as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Hogan Johns. Please do. Uh, We are up over 3,000 followers. Now, I think that means I got three more shirts we got to give out. Uh, a little delayed. It's been busy, but we will give those shirts out. Um, Get on it, man. I know. Well, I'm still grinding through this awful offensive tape. Why? Because I grade every play. I always do this, uh, and I got to get through it. Just go. Believe it or not, there's some good things in here. I just posted on Twitter an awesome clip of Roshan Johnson blocking. Oh, that's fine. Was it late when they're... Playing no, it was a, catch it was up. early in the second quarter when he was out there and early in the second quarter, by the way, I think our prediction of him being the bears. Number one back is going to become it's coming sooner than later. Yeah. Well, for drafting him in the last round of my fantasy league, 17 and a half points in week one. Now, a lot of that did come in kind of garbage time. And Who cares? Flues pointed it. that out yesterday that, yeah. that, uh, yeah. Okay. The reason he ended up as RB one with snap count was because the game was over. Which is fair, but I think when the dust settles on all this, you're going to realize it was a pretty. He was probably the. I'm not done yet, but he might have been the highest graded player. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you can also follow us at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, and Reed Johnsy in the Athletic. I know you have a story up uh, on theAthletic.com/slash Hogan Johns about how we are back to a very familiar place where 
we are uh, trying to figure out, right, does the blame go to the offensive coordinator or to the quarterback? Speaking of Jay Cutler, I mean, time is a flat circle here covering the Bears. It is. It is. It's unbelievable. It's probably the most frustrating thing about covering this team. It is. Pause for a second. Seriously. It's been over a decade of this. How many different head coaches? How many different offensive coordinators? How many different quarterbacks? For the love of God. It's it's unbelievable that we're just right back here again. It's the offensive line play. So... Let me give you another visual from Hall or Hallisall from Soldier Field on Sunday. They introduced like a hundred former Bears players, and some of the random players they had in there was like outstanding guys who've only been part of this team for two, three years, maybe even less than that. Brandon Marshall was a notable one, but J Webb Nation. Speaking of like offensive line play and players in the headlines, like Jamarcus Webb was one of the players introduced of the hundred they had out there. Wait, where was this? So they at halftime at Soldier Field. They yeah, because it was alumni of, weekend. Yes, they they introduced Jamarcus Webb at halftime. Yes, they did. <laughs> Dustin Lyman. That reminds me of the Bears 100 thing when they announced all 90 guys, yeah. and they're like, they're they like go from uh, uh, like Mitch Trubisky all the way to Clifton Duck. You're like, okay, sure. So that there was a Clifton Duck-like moment at halftime. Oh. Jamarcus Webb, do you think, let me ask you this, do you think we'll ever get to a Jay Cutler-like, Jamarcus Webb-like scenario where the quarterback just has enough, bumps his guy, and everybody's talking about it? I think... Justin Fields has a different personality demeanor than Cutler would have in any given moment, but who knows? Yeah, I don't see that happening. I would be very surprised. That doesn't seem like Justin Fields. Now, Justin's not afraid to tell the truth sometimes in his press conferences, though. That I could see happening. You know, getting brutally honest about whether it's protection or Chase Claypool's blocking, holy crap. Not good. Lack thereof. Can I say can I say something real quick about that Claypool montage of bad blocks that's been going around Twitter? Um because sometimes sometimes things are pulled out of context. I don't think that that was pulled out of context. I think that's fine. But what I wanted to point out was the the thing that my first reaction seeing that video was something I said Sunday night when we did the post game. If that was your game plan, why is Equinemius St. Brown not out there instead? Why are you asking Chase Claypool to do that? That's not his game. That's not why he's here. If this was your game plan, I do not understand the personnel. Like, I keep coming back to the personnel, which is something we talked about on our pregame show before this game ever kicked off on Sunday. I was already confused by it. So, it's a bad look for Claypool. Absolutely. That's got to be better. But coaching is all about putting your players in the best positions to have success. 
Well, one would still think that a 6'4", 235-pound receiver can handle a 5'10 defensive back. In theory, yes. From everything we know about this guy since he got here? Look, there's a clip out there if you want to go watch the film from the end zone angle where Tyler Scott gets inside the box and makes a great block on, I think it was an 11-yard run from Deontay Foreman. Uh, yeah, 11 yards. Go look, 12.34 on the clock in, in the second quarter. Both Roshan Johnson, Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott's, what, half Chase Claypool size? And he makes a great block, I think, on a safety coming down. So I'm I'm totally on board. I'm not I'm not taking anything off of Claypool's shoulders there. Like you're a giant wide receiver. Make a freaking block. Show some effort. But at the same time, what's EQ doing here? If you're not gonna play him in a game plan like that, that's just what I'm wondering. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Not good. Blame game. Luke Etsy. It's his game plan signed off by by him, Matt Eberflus, I assume, who's who's taken. I'm not going to use the, the John Fox reference here and coordinating all three, but I assume Flus has a has a role in all game planning as well. What would you do with Claypool this week? <laughs> the coach in me would would consider benching him if he has a bad practice, like yeah. one bad practice. He doesn't respond well this week. Obviously, you issue the challenge, and if he doesn't respond well by Friday, you're considering benching him for EQ, especially if you're going down a similar path in game planning. We're going to use these quick screens and whatnot to get through the blitzes that Todd Bowles is going to throw at Justin Fields. Yeah. I, what would I you do? You're, you're a coach, too. Um, yeah, I would. And that is a loud and clear message, and obviously there's some, some player discussions there. They go all the way up to the top to Ryan Poles, but well, right, and that's what I was about to say is like this cannot just be a um you get in the coaches meeting Monday morning, which we're already twenty four hours removed of, and you go, Hey Tyke Tolbert, you gotta get Claypool going. No, it, it's gotta go beyond that. It can't just be you sit down the position coach. Like this is a to me it's a head coach, wide receiver, conversation. Gotta be better. And we're gonna watch you in practice this week and I agree with you. And if it's not better, not out there. Here's a, here's another question for you. What do you do with Nate Davis? Yeah, you know, he 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 allowed the most pressures. I think it was 7 mm-hmm. according to our friends at True Media and Pro Football Focus. Did they agree on that? Or yeah. are those the same well, men? It, it's it's the same. It's the same. Yeah. Um, because I don't it, know if I do agree with it. I'm not saying he played well, but I didn't count that many. Wasn't good. And like no, it's not surprising I, yeah. he wasn't good though, right? Speaking of practicing, like wasn't out there in practice on Thursday. But in terms of like your philosophies at House Hall, like I think at the base of. The hitch principles, it should be like active participation in the hitch principle. <laughs> like, let's right? start with the basics playing football, getting on the field, showing the hustle, the intensity. I thought it was incredibly notable that Matt Eberflus made it very clear last Friday that Nate Davis had only missed one practice because of a personal issue. 
Did you pick up on that? Was that his direct quote? So, yes, he was asked. I'd have to go back and listen to the actual question, but it was like a follow-up question, which was basically like, how many practices has he missed because of a personal issue? And he and said, it, and, and it was he a question said, referring to like OTAs. Yes, all the way back. Yes, and he said one. He said, he said basically he said Thursday's practice last week was the only one attributed to personal. Everything else was injury related. Which no one's ever given us an injury. Nate Davis didn't want to talk about it, right? It's just, uh, there's, it's a curious situation. We've covered this team long enough to know your your radar should be up. There's more there. Yeah. And I think the personal issue that's been vaguely mentioned, including by polls on our show, I think that was in reference to him not showing up for OTAs. And that might have been the case, which is fine. Again, that's voluntary. As I often point out, it's a little weird when a guy you just signed to a big contract doesn't show up for OTAs. Aaron Rodgers showed up to Jets OTAs. But it's voluntary. Whatever. It's For me, it's more so just the amount of time he missed in training camp. And... Like you just said, yeah, there's 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 something going on there. I don't know. I don't know. Um I'm I'm looking at your glorious rundown, which I'll give you credit. Pretty pretty detailed. Again. Off to a great start. Johns is definitely one and oh in the twenty twenty three season. Do you want me to run through these advanced stats before we get to the voicemails? I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I was curious why this says press box food update. Ah. It's better. Yeah. <laughs> How much better? I don't know. Um, well, you don't know? You ate it, didn't you? Yeah. Well, like, I'm not a big press box salmon guy. Oh, you didn't trust the salmon. There was a lot of people who didn't trust the salmon. Like people were suspicious. It, it took one or two people. Jason Leisure, which sometimes was like one of the first, yeah, media members to try it. He gave the thumbs up. But you're worried about like you know the movie Airplane. Yeah, salmon killed everybody. <laughs> well, you almost lived that out on one cross Atlantic flight. Yes, to London. Um, you you know what eats salmon? Bears. They had like these Italian <laughs> beef sliders. Just ignored me. I love that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they had like these Italian beef sliders that were more like Philly steak sandwiches. Okay. With like the the cheese wasn't like provolone. It was like um, squeezed on there or very melted. They didn't have some hot peppers on there. Liquid cheese. Liquid cheese, yes. Like they would put on the Philly steak sandwiches. Man, I might have to start pulling the entire media crew here. So, Because Herb Howard brought this up yesterday on CHGO, and he seemed pretty impressed. Well, it was a low bar. Well, yeah. Well, when you say low bar, I mean, sometimes there's literally no food, (laughs) which would be... (laughs) Technically lower than bad food. Yes. Food existed. Food was present. Yes. <laughs> um, 
the best thing they served was actually the pizza after the game. That was that's what shocked me. That there was pizza served after the game. Never in my history of covering this team for twelve years has there been food served by the Bears post game. Nothing. Yesterday, Sunday was the first time they had food present after the game. Yeah. That is the Kevin Warren effect. Well, and and to turn a somewhat silly conversation kind of serious. Like I th- 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 there's just details in there that do matter. Kevin Warren's coming from US Bank Stadium where I you put I would put that right up there where it was SoFi and the Cowboys Stadium in terms of press box food and just the amount of it. I mean, and look, some of it's totally ridiculous. Like SoFi has a candy bar. I think the I think the Cowboys do too. Yeah. And like so that's they have that's carving not, stations. That's not necessary. Yeah, carving stations. Don't say that. The omelet station <laughs> at US Bank Stadium. So I, this really isn't about press box food. It's just about winds of change, right? And yes. like just sometimes giving a shit, it, right? The, about yes, some of the well, small some of the small things. Well, I imagine if we're getting good food, the fans in the stands are getting good food. Soldier Field is not known for having good food in an amazing food city, is it? I don't think it's known for having and people can correct me if I'm wrong because obviously I think a lot of our listeners and viewers are in the stadium more than we are and uh, on the concourse and stuff, but my experience there when I've been there sitting for other events, concerts, uh, college games, whatever, is long lines, not convenient, not good food, overpriced food, which I'm sure that didn't change, but what's a beer cost these days? $22? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are making fun of us in the comments, but these are little details I, I think you pick up on organizations as you go from town to town to town. Like Packers, better football organization. You know what? They what what they serve food wise is also better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's coincidence. No, I think it's some and we don't have to go into it more than that, but I it's it's just kind of a small thing. Well, here's There's another thing too. Like that that player survey that the the union put out, right? How the Bears graded out so lowly, like on that that family experience yeah. for, for players' families. So Sunday, that was different as well. They Good. couldn't they couldn't physically expand the room itself for they have the, the families for players afterwards. But they created another area, albeit in the corridors, the the tunnels of, of of Soldier Field, where there was more space for families to sit at tables, where they could have food and not be crowded in, in that hot room, that small hot room where they had like a little basketball net for the kids. So they're trying, given their their own limitations. You know what it reminded me of like when you cover the Stanley Cup finals and like they would set up like media rooms behind like curtains and like hallways of stadiums. Remember that? Yes, the Med yes. Center? Yeah. They kind of had that set up for family and friends of players. So obviously the Bears saw something that report. They're trying to change it. They can only do so much at Soldier Field, but these are the little things that, that add up, little changes that you're starting to see. Yeah. And I think there's more coming. Uh, you know, I gradually. Kevin Warren's still just trying to get his, you know, un- understanding, getting 
feedback from everybody in the organization, which is a real thing, by the way. Like, I've talked to people in the organization. They're, he is getting real feedback, and we're, I think there will be more details like that that are changed. I mean, do you think he likes being part of an organization that's like a running joke about certain things? Like, the press box food is a running joke, not just here. No, nationally. nationally, yes. I said that yesterday in CHGO. It's really not about us. It's it's about the reputation you get around the league. The perception of the league, yeah. It's a, it's about the heavy hitters and the Fox crew that comes in. The, you know, Joe Buck comes in for a game with ESPN and they're laughing at what the food is. And, like, they usually, I think, get their own stuff it's provided. It's the, the, the executives of other teams that are up there in the press box. Yes. It's Soldier Field, too, who eat that yeah. food and laugh at the Bears. Mm-hmm. It's perception. Do you know at U.S. Bank Stadium, though, they purposely make the oh, the owner... you know, So every team is uh, required to provide the opposing team a suite for their owner. Mm-hmm. No matter what game you're at in the NFL. That's a, that's a rule mandated by the, by the NFL. So at U.S. Bank Stadium, they, they make the, uh, the owner suite for the opposing owner is purposely put where they have to walk through the concourse. It's a suite level, yeah. but they still have to walk on the concourse through the fans and everything. Now, for George, he's used to that, so I don't think that that's he a big deal. He sits amongst the fans at Soldier Field. Yes. But the other thing they do in there, by the way, is every week they change this giant photograph that's in there to a picture specifically like it could be Eric Kendricks sacking Justin Fields or something. Oh, wow. So like the actual photograph on the wall in the owner's suite will change based off opponent. Based on who they're playing. Oh, that's a nice... So I was in there this summer. Uh, My son and I took a tour. That's how I know this. And we were in that suite and still hanging on the wall was the one they had hung in there from the Giants playoff game, which was a Vikings player sacking Daniel Jones, I think. Yeah. Or tackling Saquon Barkley. I forget, but it was yeah. They it it's a little little subtle message they put in there that I think is kind of cool. Uh, of course the, the Vikings lost that game, so yeah. Still, but it's the details. Sometimes yeah. it's the details just like with a football team on the field. It's yeah. the details. So I'm just, but seriously, that's the details. So you you know, it could be press box food or it could be like a picture hanging in the opposing owner's suite. And I don't know if that's a new thing or if that was started with the stadium when Kevin Warren was still there in Minnesota, but just something to think about. All right, before we move on to something more serious then, the pizza was the best, the chicken was second, the beef sliders were third, and I didn't touch the salmon. I had one bite of it. It was dry, and I'm like, no way. Just the fact that you listed all that stuff off, though. like The last time I was in there, it was... Box lunches. <laughs> it was muffin in a Bag. a wrapper, a sealed wrapper. Then it was like hot dogs at halftime, provided by John Fox, in the hot dog laden press box, and then nothing post game. You know what used to always drive me crazy? It's one thing to not have food up there, which almost every other stadium does at post game. By the way, they would turn the coffee machine off. You'd be there in a night game at like 1 a.m. or midnight just trying to like still file a story or get the podcast posted or whatever. And like you couldn't get coffee by the time we got back up from the locker room. We've we've had experiences in the press box where security tries to kick you out within an hour after the game because they were told to. 
And obviously that was incorrect information, but we've had all sorts of different experiences in the Soldier Field press boxes over the years where the lack of communication is, is present. And by the way, a lot of that is not even on the Bears. It's part of why they're frustrated with Soldier Field. It's not having full control over the stadium, not having full control over the food at all times. But as I think maybe Kevin Warren or whoever's to uh, take credit for the food situation Sunday, you can you can you can override certain things if you have enough power, right? I once yeah. got locked in MetLife Stadium. That was fun. Well, that one is a tricky one to get out of. Yeah, there's like the gates around on the outside, yeah. and like the thing was locked, and you couldn't get out. I don't even remember how I got out. All right, let me read you some advanced stats. Before yeah, let's do this. All right, number one. The Packers' defense was in zone coverage on 94% of its snaps against quarterback Justin Fields. Green Bay played man coverage on only one play. These are from, this is all from True Media, everything I'm about to read to you. Your thoughts, Great game Adam. plan. Yeah. I, I don't know why anyone would play man against Justin Fields right now. Why would you? You're turning your back. You're running downfield. Um, in fact, I don't know if it's... I'm, I'm, I'd have to go back and look. I'm trying to picture the one play where they played man. It might have been that first play on the screen to Khalil Herbert because both of those corners were running downfield with DJ yep. Moore and Darnell Mooney. Now, that might have been their zone responsibilities to pick them up, but that might have been the one play. Keep talking. I'll look it up for you. Yeah. I... I'm just trying to picture the film in my head, and that was a play where the screen, part of why the screen worked out is they ran Mooney around. They ran both guys deep. Both guys had their, uh, both DBs had their back turned. They ran downfield, and so there was all that open space to dump it off to Khalil Herbert on the screen play. And that was one play I gave Nate Davis credit for. Lucas Patrick made the block downfield, but Nate Davis was down there too. Actually, they have the man coverage in the fourth quarter. Okay. Well, again, that might have been, even when you're in zone, you have to pick up. Right. Eventually, uh, it looks like, man, if it's yeah. if you're in it long enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're trying to uh, negate Justin Fields' legs, playing zone defense, and they blitz the hell out of him, too, I believe, well, out of the zone here's, cover. Here's the next one. The Bears defense, or the Bears defense, the Packers defense also went after Fields. He was blitzed on 31.3% of his dropbacks. Green Bay totaled 26 pressures on fields, or 54.2% of his total dropbacks. Yeah, and they came from everywhere. Linebackers, uh, you saw Jair Alexander blitz. Fields got out of that one. Yep. Um, That was the play that I highlighted, Roshan Johnson blocking all the way downfield. Like, this is going to be a thing until... The Bears prove otherwise, is it not? Well, there's good and bad news. The good, the the bad news is you're playing the Bucks and Todd Bowles, and the blitzing not going to stop this week. You do the same thing. Yeah. the The good news is you're going to be ready for it now. Coaches make corrections based on the last week's game, and I mean, I hope, <laughs> I hope they have a game plan for this now. So. Now, they're they're more likely to play more man, but again, I don't know if I would if I were the Bucks. 
So you hear all these stats in your, at least the, the second one, you're like, holy moly, the, the Bears' offensive line is bad, right? You sacked four times. But I would say, and true media and pro football focus agree with me, that two of the sacks on Justin Fields, including the first one by Lucas Van Ness, local kid from Barrington. Very good. That one is on Justin Fields. Matt Eberflus said himself immediately afterwards that Justin Fields came up to him and said, that's on me. Got oh, I call, the that the, I, call, I call those the Mitch Trubisky sack. It wasn't oh. full Mitch, where Mitch would just run out of bounds on his own, but that's basically where Justin was headed on that play anyway. He got tackled out of bounds. God, I would almost say getting tossed out of bounds. Like That might be worse because you take a brutal hit. Throw the ball away. That one is on Fields. And you said there's another one too. Well, I think he ran into a sack as well. Yeah. Well, um, and there was also another hit. Okay, you know the play where he got hit and there was a scrum on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, Roshan Johnson is wide open for a dump off there. It's just an unnecessary hit. I don't get it. So this is this is what I want to get to. Uh, Matt Bowen, I think, was the first one from ESPN, friend of the show. He started seeing it almost initially on, on the All-22, right? That there's mm-hmm. open throws, mm-hmm. regardless of how bad the offensive line got. I think early in the game, the first half, when you're seeing this high completion percentage from Justin Fields, like 9 for 10, 9 for 11, and he's hitting checkdowns. He's hitting checkdowns because there's protection. But there are open shots down the field that you see showing up on film where Fields should see them as well. I mean, you went through the film. They're yep. there, right? A hundred percent. Mooney downfield. Um, was the Bowen one? Was that Mooney or more? I'm forgetting now. Regardless, it was Mooney on the sale. That's what it was. Mooney on the sale route, and he checks it down to Herbert. And I think they picked up eleven yards or something on the play. It was fine, but it's like it's a shot downfield. You got to take and great protection. Yeah, yeah. There's one where Cole Clement's wide open in the middle of the field. To, um, with good protection. So if you're going to fairly evaluate that game, this has to be part of the conversation as well. All right, what's the third stat you have here? Third stat. Ready? This is on the defense. The Bears' defense, on the other hand, generated only six pressures on Packers quarterback Jordan Love. He was blitzed on only 16.7% of his dropbacks. Sounds like a lot, but it wasn't a lot because not back that much. Well, the second part doesn't surprise me. I mean, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of blitzing out of this defense. It's not. It's really, not what they do. It's not what they do. Uh, you still want to get pressure though, and I think that's among the top things that are most cons- concerning. Not even concerning. Disappointing. All these months and months that we've been, you know, going through the offseason, the money that was spent, the players that were drafted. And it's the same story. It's questions about the protection up front and how good the offensive line is and the lack of pressure that the defensive line created. I think they were I think they were bad. I think there's signs of improvement against the run. I like Andrew Billings in the middle there. 
But when it's third and long, can you create pressure? Third and long, it's a passing down. This is what they talk about. Earn the right to rush the passer. You have to stop the run first. The Bears did that. They got Jordan Love in third down. And he was 8 for 10, I believe, on third and fourth down for like 141 yards and two touchdowns. He was good. But he had all year to throw the ball. He did. He did. You have to create pressure on those money downs. Here's the thing. like At the end of the day, I wasn't surprised by it. No matter what they said about Ngakwe and, and Walker being ready, we didn't see a lot of them in the preseason. We didn't see a lot of them in training camp. They just didn't play. Walker had his calf injury. Ngakwe was signed late. Like, you weren't surprised, but knowing that they weren't fully ready, at least I would expect them not to be fully ready, right? I, I would expect something a bit differently, especially against a quarterback, Jordan Love. Like, put the pressure on him. Make him feel antsy in the pocket. Show him some different looks. His first start for the Packers where he's the guy. Make his life hell. Make it confusing for him. It wasn't. It wasn't enough. Did you see the throw that Love made where he he's looking like kind of to the right hash and he moves um, Tremaine Edmonds with his eyes? With his eyes to the right. And he basically, it's almost a Mahomes no look. Because he... Oh, don't say that. No, but it is. He... he I don't think it's a full no look because I think his eyes were still moving with the receiver across the field. But if you look at his helmet, because you can see it with like the stripe on his helmet, which way he's looking, like which way his helmet's facing at least, he throws across kind of like this and zips one on the money. It's pretty impressive, I have to say. Well, you could do things when you have time like that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, should we get the voicemails? Let's do it. Okay, I'm pretty excited about this. Earmuffs. So, so our voicemails... Uh, if you are a new listener, we do these every game. The voicemail line is open. They are, uh, consistently fun, recurring characters, contributors, and, um, we never listen to these ahead of time. Only Kent, our producer, he puts them together. So we don't know what's coming. It's always a fun surprise for us as well. Here are your voicemails from yet another Bad Bears Packers game. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hello, Hogan Captain Johnson. Babe, Bob the Broskis here calling in from Soldier's Field parking lot. It's about 4.32 in the morning. Game day, boys, we're here. I'm getting ready. I'm about as ready as you can possibly be. I got about a... A baker's dozens old styles down in me. A baker's dozens Italian sausages. A baker's dozen Polish sausages. And about 13 whiskey cooks. I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to put the dirt on top of the Green Bay Packers, the grave. It's very rare that you get to start the season with the Super Bowl, but that's to what we got here. We got, <coughs> we got the Bears in the Super Bowl against the Packers. Week one. Let's go. Packers are dead. Love sucks. Packers suck. Green Bay suck. Let's go. We're going to get the Chicago Bears. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Bear down. You gotta give DJ 50-50 chances. You can't just scream past your way into oblivion. Throw the ball to the number one receiver, which was our major prize in this trade, and stop making it look like it's 2019. I think Kevin Fishbane said it perfectly. Uh, no more screen passes. And the one that they didn't do a screen on was successful. What's going on here, guys? Bear it out. The Packers have one f***ing good player that this defense had to key in on, and he's running and catching passes all over the damn field. I'm so 
fucking sick of this team, and we're not even through the third quarter. I don't know if they're still preaching the hits principle, but this is not that, and I'm honestly a little concerned that that might not be showing up ever again. Horrible. Turn it off already. And tank for Caleb Williams. It's it's over. It's over. I've been a Bears fan for 45 years. F*** this team. I'm depressed. That's it. I'm speechless. I just have to say, the Chicago Bears are no longer a football team, and I'm not sure that they have been over the past two decades, but an entertainment team. It's clear, it's very clear that there's no intention to actually win games. This is a worse team than last year, and I can't believe I'm saying that. This is one of those games where I just want to turn off the TV and sit in a dark room, but my fandom won't allow it. I feel like throwing up. Yeah, listen, I don't want to overreact, but they don't even have their starting receiver. I was mad until I just saw Roshan Johnson run over Rudy Ford. So, same old Bears? How am I feeling? I'm feeling like we're still the Bears. All I gotta say is maybe it's time to see Tyson Badgett. I got a Hoagie and John D. take here. Um, just want to remind everybody that this defense has 14 new players on the entire unit. They have three new offensive linemen, depending on how you count. So it looked bad, but it's going to take time to come together. So let's see how they look against the Bucks next week. If it looks this bad, then we can freak out. But for now, everybody, just chill. Oh, a little optimism there at the end. The endless uh, Bears optimism. Well, that was like it. It, it is week one, right? But this felt like maybe I was wrong in, in trying to sell it as just a week one game because week one could be crazy. Well, that, again, I, in the, I, I was that guy, but like in the context yeah. of the whole season, that's still an argument. Yes. I I just think that Packer week is a different conversation. And I also didn't expect them to get beat down like this. Right, that was bad. I picked them to win. I didn't. I had the Packers winning. Did you really? Oh, no. You no. I, <laughs> liar. You were on the show with me. <laughs> yes, I was going to say. Like, don't change your research. <laughs> no, I had the Bears winning by 10. Whoopsie. Yeah. No, look. Look, I am 100%. That, that last call, that last voicemail was completely fair. Look, the Lions went one in six last year to start the year, and they were in a similar spot as an organization as a roster, where they had a lot of guys, a lot of new guys, a lot of pieces that had to come together. And as the season went along, they figured it out, and it took some good coaching. But I think that's that's why I keep coming back to the coaching part of this game. Like, but that I guess. You know, see, those are different situations, though. Like, yeah. you had a quarterback, most important position in sports, hardest to get right, who had like his second opportunity, was traded away, was highly motivated, had a lot of success in LA, highly motivated. Jared Goff, this was his second chance. Like, here, like, Justin Fields is everything, unfairly, in, in, in a sense. Like, this is it. Right? Yeah. Like, you got to figure out what's next for him. Um, it is a long year. There's 16 games left. I, I get that. But this was not a good start. Not a good start for that conversation. Do you know 
what happened on October 24th, 2022. October 24th, 2022. No, I can't remember yesterday. Well, <laughs> October 24th, 2022 was the last time the Chicago Bears won a football game. Oh, boy. And I just think at some point, the idea of learning how to win is something that this team is going to have to figure out. It's been almost 11 months since you last won a game. And as we kind of transition this conversation out of week two in a beatable Bucks team, but certainly not a pushover. They proved that in week one, going into Minnesota and winning. You don't get a win this week. You're playing the Chiefs in week three. Then you got the Broncos coming to your place in week four. And Nick, and if you don't have a win by that point, you're now into October. So they're just starting to add up. It's been a long time since this team won a football. Since yeah. these coaches walked into a meeting on Monday morning with a win. Learning how to win is a... It's an organizational thing. Then it's like a head coach thing, and then it's like a quarterback thing. Is it not? Yeah. Like win and loss records get attributed to head coaches and quarterbacks. Fair or not, that's how this business works, and they know it. I was thinking about something that Josh Lucas said on the show a couple weeks ago and about his belief that Justin Fields has the ability to kind of weather the storm here in this market. But I think that's a little different from this kid's never been through losing before in his life. And that's all he's experienced since he's gotten here. His record is horrible. And it's not all on him by any means. But it is his record. What is it, five wins? At five and... 26 or something like that? I mean, it's... It, again, it's not fair for that to be his record, but it is what he's experienced. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm talking about. He's been through all this losing, and at some point, you got to dig out of it. Here, here's where the further context is needed. This this is where it becomes such. This is that, that, like that's an organizational record. First year in the league, right? Caught up in the the Nagy Trubisky mess, right? He's still caught up in that. Like that's his first year in the NFL. Andy Dalton is here. It's the offensive coordinators guy, right? Bears draft Justin Fields. That's like their hope for the future to stick around. Didn't work out. That whole first year was a mess. Last year, the rebuilding season under Ryan Poles. Everybody's out. Best players traded during the season. Got worse as the season went. He got better. Luke Getzey found some answers. You saw some some hope with his legs. Some big plays with his arm. They, they were there. Still a bad team. No receiver help. Year two with all these different receivers. DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Luke Getze, year two. It's supposed to be different. It's supposed to feel different. But at the end of the day, like, organizationally, the quarterback, the GM, and the head coach have never aligned, and it's still the same. Still the same. Like, we're still caught up in that, that mess. What's scary to think about is 
Fields would have to like basically have three years of like almost nothing but wins just to get back to 500, which was once the benchmark that Phil Emery gave for giving Jay Cutler <laughs> a, long, a long extension, which was obviously a flawed, uh, you know, metric. Obviously. To decide. To, <laughs> right. So but, I'm not I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like that is that's unfortunate. It's 100 percent not all his fault by any means. He's in a terrible situation. But um, see that that's like with the Packers lost. That's the, the worst thing. The most terrible thing out of all of this is how much it reminds you of how much the Bears have just effed things up in the past to reach this point again. Mm hmm. And there is a lot of time for Ryan Poles and Matty Bufus to dig themselves out of this mess. But sometimes this mess, it's not even their making. You know, it's there. there's still a lot of residual things to get out of. I don't think they're as bad as what they showed Sunday. That includes the defense? I, uh, the, the defense was disappointing, but there were some... Subtle signs of improvement. Uh, not having Kyler Gordon here could be a problem, though. Yeah, that stinks. And I don't. I, from what I've heard, I don't think he's going to be playing this week. Yeah, not good. Uh, it's never good when they're ruled out right away. When players are ruled out right away. Yeah. Like Rogers last night. Right. Go Bears. All right. Briefly, want to look ahead? Yeah. All right. It's going to be a victory on Sunday. The Buccaneers, they beat the Vikings on the road, 20-17. to 17. Guess what? The Buccaneers, what? they blitzed yeah. and played a ton of zone on Kirk Cousins. Yes. A ton. So get ready for something familiar or, or similar to what the Packers did. But Kirk Cousins, he was 33 for 44. 344 passing yards, two TDs, one interception, sacked twice, 102.8 passer rating. They didn't run the ball really well. 17 for 41 yards, 17 17 attempts, 41 yards. Somehow the the Buccaneers got it done. Vikings were one for three in the red zone. Not good. Not good enough. Um. I only I have not had a chance to to go watch this game yet. I will by the time we obviously preview this on Thursday. But from the glimpses I was seeing and some of the highlights and things that were popping up on red zone during this game, Cousins look bad. So explain yourself. The final stat line, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um zone coverage, here's the exact numbers. All right, since this is going to be a trend against Justin Fields, the Buccaneers were in zone coverage 85.7% of the time against Kirk Cousins. Wow. And they, I, if I'm game planning this week, I'm expecting the same thing. Why would you play man? If they did that against Cousins, why would they change it up against Fields? Right. Right. Find solutions. If it worked, why change it? Yeah. Make them change it. Make the Bears change it. 
trying to find the uh, blitz percentage for you. Is it too drastic to just... Is, is this one of those... Are we overreacting with Roshan Johnson, or is this like seriously just... He might be your best running back. Just use him more. I don't think we're overreacting. Because I think we saw glimpses of that in the preseason. And training camp. But this... Yeah, I just... I. It, it, this feels like one of those things where everyone can see it. So just lean into it. Just like everyone can see what's going on with Claypool. Like, don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Yes, you gave up a high pick for him. So what? Yes, Roshan's only a fourth-round pick. So what? Khalil Herbert's been here. Fine. Play the best players. Don't play the players that aren't helping you. How about throwing the screens to Chase Claypool? That would seemingly be, you know, big. Well, they tried that one time and it got tipped and they didn't hang on to it. It's true. But if you watch the All 22, there's like, um, I think there's 12 guys on the Packers defense flooding right to that screen. I mean, that's the other part of this. Like, it was so predictable. I don't know how many of those would have worked out anyway. Can I read you a quote from David Walker, the Bears running backs coach from August 23rd? This is on Roshan Johnson. We try to play physical style football on our offense, whether it's our offensive line, our backs, or our receivers. So he plays in the style that we want here in Chicago. We would like to be violent with the ball in our hands as we attack people. We've shown that ability. Okay. He's shown that ability, we should say, but he said we. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we will be back Thursday to uh, break down this game against the Bucks and uh, turn the page. We'll hear from uh, Justin Fields tomorrow at Hallis Halls. We record this on Tuesday. He will talk Wednesday. We'll hear from Matt Eberflus. And um, very curious to see how this team responds this week. Very, very curious. Important times at House Hall. I know it was just one week, but coming off of what they experienced last year, all the hype going into this season, this game, to come out that flat, to get beat down that badly by your rival, it's going to be a very, very interesting week inside the walls of House Hall. Yeah, and I'm telling you, interesting things can happen down in Tampa. It's going to be hot, humid, be a lot of Bears fans there, and with the way they play, especially defensively. Like, things can go sideways fast. You know um, who I always think about every time the Bears go to Tampa? Who's that? I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. He had a big game there, didn't he? He's JQ. He had a huge game there. It's funny. I, I, I mentioned in the last podcast, I think of Paul Asiki. <laughs> Paul Asiki. The rugby player. Forever changed Kyle Long's Yeah, that was nasty. Course. Yeah. All right. Well, follow us on Twitter at Hogan Johns. Go to HoganJohns.com for all of our merch. It's up there. Um, if you haven't seen them, there's new hats. Um, the hats are great. The polos are up there. The JD hoodies are back, I hear, too. Yes. I need to get myself in there. How'd you hear that so quickly? Um, Joe put it on Twitter. Oh, he did? Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. 
now there's a um, um, group of neighbors that do a tailgate for Bears game, and they're planning it in a couple weeks, and they're hoping to restock on the JD stuff. So, um, and Joe, because he's amazing, obviously, shirts was like, yeah, no problem. And so uh, you can find those also. You, uh, you have to go to obviousshirts.com for those ones, obviousshirts.com. Of course, everything on hoganjohns.com is powered by Obvious Shirts. Uh, but those are all up there. If you want to restock on that, that's what Johns is wearing right now, the J- JD shirt. And um, what else am I missing? Johns' coverage in The Athletic. I, I got grades coming your way. I've been a little bit delayed um, getting through this film. Uh, happy birthday to my wife. It was her birthday yesterday. You're blaming your wife. I no, I'm saying happy birthday I don't know, man, to her. I don't know if that movie's going to work. I'm saying happy birthday to her. I'm not blaming her. No, you blame her. But when I, you know, I did shut it down around 4 o'clock on a Bears Monday because I love her very much. Oh, okay. And I actually did not watch most of that Monday night game because I was hanging out with her. Happy birthday. Chris. I actually did not know until this morning when I woke up that they, that game ended on a punt return TD. So if anyone was wondering why I didn't tweet at the end of that game, that's why. Hashtag special teams. All right. uh, We'll see you Thursday. Enjoy the next couple days. Try to smile a little bit, Bears fans. See ya. New year, same old f***ing Bears.